Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm super stoked to have you back here for another edition of the show. If you're a first-time listener, thanks so much for joining. I'm glad you found the podcast, and I hope that you'll find it validating and encouraging and, and informative and maybe a little fun, too. And if you are a returning listener, you guys rock. You're amazing. Thanks so much for coming back each week, for sharing the word, for spreading the encouragement, and for showing me all the support, uh, the show ideas, everything that you do is just amazing. And you guys really help keep me going. So for that, thank you very much. So with that, we're going to jump right into our next special guest, which I have here this week. This is a person who I met online through the survivor community, which is the No More Shame Survivor community. And Dawn has um, guest blogged with me several times. And her story is just simply uh, incredible. And her uh, resiliency as a survivor is just um, beyond words. So we're going to let her share a little bit here and welcome her into the show and then jump right into our topic. So Dawn, what's shaking? How are you? Thank you, Matt. Well, I am so honored to be here. I've got to tell you, I am so excited to be here. I've already told a couple friends I'm doing this and I've gotten there. Oh, that's so awesome. It's a, you know, when can we hear this? So um, I told them I would send them the link as soon as possible. Um, okay. Like Matt said, um, I am a survivor of um, of incest, of rape, and also of um, some significant uh, abuse, including torture. I today today is the anniversary of my father's death. My father was my main abuser, and so I posted on my little support group. Uh, Please wish me a happy day because I realize that's not socially acceptable, but it should be. What should not be socially acceptable is what was done to us. And so I am really excited that I got a bunch of good wishes for today. Um, I'm really excited to be talking today with Matt about the subject, do I really have to do this again? Because I, I have PTSD from childhood sexual abuse. And I went to my therapist and we worked on everything and for a a few years, I thought my PTSD had gone into just a hiding. But one day, <laughs> I had flashbacks, body memories, nightmares all attacked me at once. And so I was very discouraged about that. And I thought, do I really have to do this again? And I went to a friend of mine um, who is a therapist, but she's not my therapist. She's a friend. And I said, do I really have to do this again? And she said to me, yes, you do. And here's why. And I want to share some of that information and the things that I have learned over the last three years about, um, yes, and here's why we have to do this again, and tools that we can use to approach these anniversary dates, these things that come up in our lives, these 
flashbacks and nightmares and things that continuously seem to want to come back and attack us. So um, that's what I want to talk about today, if that's all right. Absolutely. That is perfectly all right. And I would like to be the first in the podcast world or maybe the blogger world too of sending you lots of uh, encouragement and support um, on this uh, day that's very important to you. Um, And you're right. I mean, things like this can obviously be stigmatized as you and I both know, along with, um, you know, being a survivor in general and PTSD and people have, you know, people not understanding it and everything. So you are absolutely uh, validated and I will send you all the encouragement and support I can today um, to hopefully that you're able to have uh, the best day that you can possibly have and process what you need to process and work through. And of course, you know, not, not shame yourself for the feelings that you have. And um, so absolutely. I am honored to talk with you. Of course, uh, we are talking with Dawn and we are going to be sharing a lot of information. So I'll issue um, a quick trigger warning just to be safe um, as, um, as we may be discussing. Well, actually we will be discussing PTSD and childhood sexual abuse and some of the um, effects with flashbacks and uh, different things that may be triggering. So as you're listening, just be sure to be kind to yourself. Um, if you do get triggered for any reason, go ahead and pause it and come back. Um, you know, you can keep listening anytime. You can always pick up where you left off. So um, the goal is always for us to be to be kind to ourselves whenever we hear survivor stories, because so many of us can relate to the trauma and the same types of feelings and emotions and whatnot. So absolutely uh, be kind to yourself. So we're going to jump right into it now. Do I really have to go through this again? And, you know, I've been where you are um, in the sense of, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with a therapist. I've, you know, worked with some other people and, you know, some of the things I've been able to work through, but of course they still pop back every now and then, or maybe more often than we'd like. And that feeling of, do I have to go through this again, can be very overwhelming. So go ahead and share a little bit more um, about this topic um, and, you know, kind of what it means to you about having to re-go over and rehash or re-bring up some of the, you know, things that you've already worked through and how frustrating it can be. Absolutely. You know, when they said, there's that popular book out, The Courage to Heal, they were not just taking a title out of spin air because it takes a lot of courage to heal, to look at these things. And healing is like an earthquake, and uh, the abuse that happened to us could be like the main earthquake, and then healing could be our aftershocks because, oh my gosh, here's this thing that's happened to me. Why did this happen to me? And we, and we have our initial, okay, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to go to my therapist, and we're going to work on it. And then suddenly, years later, the same issue comes up. And why is that? Why didn't I deal with this? Sometimes if we if we look at it like, oh man, I'm never going to heal from this, and we get discouraged, and we will get discouraged because it's hard. Healing is stinking hard, and we can look at it. Okay, this can be a challenge for me. What do I need to learn from this? What did I miss the first time? Did I miss something the first time around, or am I healing deeper? Is there something else that I do that I can strengthen my my healing, that I can strengthen my person, that I can strengthen my spirit. I obviously need to deal with these things, these emotions, or this actual new memory, which can I just say new memories stop. And um, so do I need to deal with this new memory, or do I already have the tools to deal with these issues that come up? If every year there is a certain date, say your abuser's birthday, you get totally devastated, Every year, you get totally devastated. You're in bed. You can't, you can't function. So every year, you think, do I have to feel these things again? Do I have to do this again? Well, the answer is, yeah, you, you do. 
you have to deal with it, though. You have to find the tools that you need. Um, do you have a good therapist? Is your therapist trauma-informed? Uh, because they should be able to say to you, yeah, it's your abuser's birthday. Okay, now here are some tools that we have. You're feeling angry. Here's some tools to deal with your anger. You're feeling afraid. Here's some tools to deal with your fear. You're feeling hopeless. Here's some tools. We have the right to feel anger. We have the right to feel sad. We have the right to feel abandoned because what was done to us was horrific. We have lived through the most visceral of abuses. Not only have we lived through it, but we're healing from it. And that in itself is a miraculous thing, that we are able to function in society, that we are able to hold down jobs, that we are able to have relationships, that we're able to have friends. Because if you look at our abuse that we have been through, first of all, society says, oh, we can't look at that. We don't want to talk about child abuse because bad things only happen to uh, uh, people who live in foreign countries or people who live in, uh, they're poor, they're dirty people. And that's simply not true. We tend to think that abuse only happens to uh, people who have fathers who are drunks or have no job. But the truth of the matter is is that um, there is no socioeconomic division there. It happens in every walk of life. So when all of that comes back to us, we have got to figure out how can I make this so I am, am not devastated every year when this shows up, that I am not devastated when this, this anniversary date comes around or when this flashback happens. And these are things that, that are going to happen. We can ask ourselves, do I have anger? Okay, I have anger. Hmm, is it wrong for me to have anger? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you can have anger because what was done to you was horrific. What was done to me is unspeakable, although I'm learning to speak it out loud. Now, how can we look at this anger? If we keep our anger inside, it is unfortunate, but we will develop other illnesses. High blood pressure, fibromyalgia. Um, so what we need to do is we need to get into our toolbox and learn safe ways to explode our anger. Yes, these things are going to come back to us. But if they come back to us and every single time they come back to us, they devastate us, then, we have to, then we've learned nothing. So if we get these tools and we can learn them, what are safe ways to explode my anger? Okay, my favorite way is to get little tubs and freeze water and then take those chunks of ice and smash them. Now, I was told by my first therapist, God bless her, that when exploding anger, you cannot carry any sharp tools, no devices that will explode, no firearms, so nothing that will hurt you. <laughs> um, so smashing ice, not glass, because glass can harm, um, is amazing. And I would, like to share, I would like to share one thing that I did, and that was this. I went to my father's uh, tombstone, and I lit it on fire. I poured some gasoline over the stone and lit it up. Now, um, some places, that's illegal, and I did not tell my therapist till until after I had done it, but she said, I would not condone that, but I love that you did that. <laughs> I was just doing things like that to uh, work on anger. Another thing that comes up is uh, sadness, incredible sadness, because 
all of these people are now posting about Father's Day on Facebook and on different social media. And who's my main abuser? Ah, my father. I actually just recently had a friend apologize to me. She goes, I, I know that your father was a bad man, but my father was my best friend. I said, that's, that's okay. That's beautiful. If instead of thinking, oh my gosh, Father's Day is a horrible day for me, we can think, hey, Father's Day is coming up. Look at all these people who actually had good fathers. What is it about their father that was good? What can I learn from this? If we look at our bad days as learning experiences, perhaps they would not be so devastating. We also have big-time abandonment issues that come up again and again. I, whenever I think of abandonment issues, I think of a poem that I saw one time, and it was something to the effect of this girl was mourning the loss of her parents, how both of her parents were abusive to her. And she writes, Did you know that even spiders are good parents? Even spiders sing to the, their young ones with a song only they can hear. And here's her abandonment. Sing to me. I have no song. I do not belong anywhere. Now, I probably read that poem 30 years ago, and it has stuck with me all this time just because I could identify so much with it. We're all going to have abandonment issues. We're all going to have these aftershocks that come up again and again and again. The secret to surviving all of that is learning to have the tools that we need to have. As survivors of this most evil, visceral, inhumane abuse, we are already amazing people. We already are survivors. Our minds, they have protected us for the most part. And now our minds are saying, it's time, it's time. We've got to get this stuff out in the open. We've got to deal with it. We've got to heal from it. And next time we need to heal just a little bit deeper because there's this issue that's hiding. How can we learn to deal with this? This is a horrific thing. And all I can say is find yourself a good support group, one that's preferably run by someone who's trained, a, a master's level therapist, a, a, a survivor coach, uh, these people. Find yourself a good therapist. Not all therapists are created equal. Find yourself a good therapist who is trauma-informed. Learn these tools. Learn the tools. Get your tools uh, from your therapist. My therapist currently has given me an amazing tool. She does not allow me to speak of my abuse in the present tense. So my father takes a, and she stops me, and she'll say, he's dead. He took a device and did this. Um, and when I tell my regular friends this, they don't understand the amazing concept of that. But that has been one of the biggest tools in my healing this time around. She also says, uh, Dawn, it is okay to feel safe when you are safe. It is okay to feel safe when I am safe. Wow, I love that. One more tool that she gave me that I found to be incredible is uh, when I tell my story, Instead of telling it and feeling it, I need to tell it like I'm watching a movie or in witness mode. And uh, all of these are just amazing tools that we can learn from our therapist if we continue to live our lives and not look at what was done to us. And, and that's a choice. Then we will continue to be devastated every, every holiday that comes up, every flashback that happens, every memory that comes. However, again, the courage to look at this 
and to learn the tools to deal and to be the warriors that we were meant to be as we heal from this abuse. And Matt, I am, speaking of warriors, I am so honored to uh, be a part of your blog and be a part of this podcast. I, I think that your work that you're doing is amazing, and I am so honored to call you my warrior brother. Absolutely. Um, just incredible sharing there. And yeah, just to start off, um, I am honored to call you um, a sister on the survivor journey. Um, the stories that you've shared on your blog, uh, the personal insight, um, just remembering is just so uh, validating for me. Each time I've read it, it's been validating uh, for everybody who's read it on the blog. Um, for anybody who's interested, if you go to surviveinmypast.net, and if you go up to the top, there's a, there's a little search button. And if you just um, click on that and then type in the words song warriors, you will find all of Dawn's guest blog posts, which are just incredible. There, there are five of them that she's written that are just, that are just amazing. And they're, they're so validating and they're open and they're honest. And, um, you know, I found it incredibly healing just to read through them. And, you know, Dawn, as I'm listening to you, you know, there's so many ways that we could go and so many things that we could talk about. Um, but well, I guess one of the things I'm I'm curious is the first time, you know, that you, you know, obviously you, you had worked with a therapist, you thought everything was kind of gone good. You know, I've worked through some stuff, I'm feeling better. And then all of a sudden, like the first time that you realize you had to go back and rework through some of this stuff, like what was your initial reaction? Were you, what was it just fear? Was it anger? Was it sadness? Was it frustration? Was it all of them? Like kind of take us back because I know how I felt. And I'm curious to see how you felt the first time that you thought you worked through something and you did, but then it comes up again and you're like, oh, crap. Like, here we go again, right? Uh, that is absolutely correct. And my feelings were just about every single one that you mentioned. It was like, oh, no, this is not happening. I will not allow this because I've done the work. This is not fair. I've, I've done the work. I've healed. I, I've, I've read all the books I was supposed to read. I did all the, the activities I was supposed to do. I, I did everything my therapist said I was supposed to do. What the heck is this? And so I thought, well, maybe it will go away with me just, uh, you know, using my old tools, using my anger tools, using this. Um, but what happened was I never really dealt with the more violent abuse. And some of the um, other abuse, I sort of just dealt with it. Uh, oh, yeah, he did this to me, and so now uh, I have this tool uh, that I will do this and I will deal with it. But I never deeper into it. I never said, okay, why me? I have, I have three siblings. He never touched them, thank God. I am truly, truly thankful for that. But why me? That's a big one. Uh, when, these, when these memories started coming back to me, when the flashbacks started happening again, when the um, body memories came back in full force, and um, the problem, one of the problems I have with my body memories is that sometimes if they are very uh, present, they will leave the marks on my body. I will, I will have the, the, the restraint marks on my body. I will have the, the marks on my back where he hit me. Um, so that's very disturbing to me and, and makes me incredibly angry that my body can remember this, um, this vividly. So there's that huge anger and that, um, and the why me? Why did he pick me? Which, again, I am thankful because here I am. 
and I've survived it, and not just survived it. My life is beautiful. I have a spouse. I have two lovely children. I live in a little house out in the country, and I'm a registered respiratory therapist. My life is beautiful. How dare he come back and interrupt my life yet again? So there's that huge anger and the huge why me, and then the sadness. Oh, my gosh, he did this to me. What, what, why? How could he? Why didn't he just love me? Why couldn't he just love me? Was I that horrible of a person? Oh, wait, wait, I have that tool. It wasn't about me. But it was about me. It was me. Why couldn't he just love me? Where was my protectors? Where were they? I, I was actually in the hospital, and my medical record reads, and this, this is a trigger warning. <laughs> my medical record reads, her vaginal opening is large for a girl of her age. Her hymen is broken, and yet no one thought to question my father or my mother about these things. And if it was brought up, it was brought up like this. We think she's sticking stuff up inside of herself. So it was my fault that this was happening. So this comes back to you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know what? This sucks. This really sucks. I should not have to go back to therapy. Do I really have to do this again? And there's the anger, the sadness, the why, the frustration of, okay, I thought I had what I needed to have to deal with all this crap, but here's more crap. How much crap can I handle in this crapness? And um, turns out there's a lot, but the resilience, the human spirit is remarkable. And he does not get to win. He does not get to defeat me. He does not get to turn me into a person that is not productive in society. He does not get that. I will not give it to him. And all of those feelings came back. The determination, though, that I had is that I will get through this. I will. And not just barely. I will get through this, and I will be damn good. And so, yeah, I, I feel, I'm feeling you on that one, Matt. I, I, all of those feelings came back to me. Absolutely. What a perfect segue into the next thing, which is the resiliency. You know, you had, you shared so many incredible, um, heartfelt things on this podcast. And, you know, I too have felt all of those things that you have mentioned, um, each time that a new memory comes up. Um, thankfully not as often anymore because I've been working through them, but you know, they do, they, they do still come up periodically. And when they do, it is, oh my God, it pisses me off. Like it just really does. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and so you're right. I have to kind of think, well, all right, do you know, I have these tools and do my tools, um, you know, are they going to work for this situation? Do I need to explore something else? And so, um, but I think the resiliency of having the awareness to say, okay, a new memory's come up. Now, what do I do about it? And being able to realize it is a new memory and figure out a way to not shame ourselves and not blame ourselves and not get frustrated, you know, too much and just figure out a way to work through it and use it to our advantage as a learning situation, I think is so key. And and you touched on that perfectly. Um, And I think the other part of the resiliency is, I mean, you're right. You are a amazing survivor and you are, you're thriving right now. You're not letting your abuser win. And that is just an incredible thing. So I think maybe share a little bit yet on the podcast about 
how just empowering it is for you to be able to wake up every day and go to work and go to the grocery store and live a life and you know you know have have healthy relationships and do the things that you do that make your life feel fulfilled and you know just wake up every morning saying my abuser is not going to win today like I, I think that's just incredible when we can get to that point where we embrace how awesome we are just because we're able to get up and be a part of society in any way or be able to advocate for ourselves in any way. Thank you. Uh, that, your, your words are very kind. Thank you. Um, it didn't happen overnight. Certainly it did not happen overnight. Um, my father, for those of you uh, who have not read my story, literally controlled every part of my life. I could not go to the bathroom without his permission. I could not get a drink of water without his permission. And when he died, I was for him. I was born for him, he told me. I was his. I have a brand mark on my back from where he branded me because I was his property to do with as he pleased. So when he died, I was lost. Who am I? What, what is my, what am I supposed to do now? How can I, can I, can I get a drink of water? Am I allowed to? Where do I go from here? Four years later, I graduated from respiratory school, which is why I love, one of the reasons why I love my job so much, because he had nothing to do with it. Well, except for the fact that I was going to be a, success, a successful respiratory therapist because he told me I could do nothing else. He told me. You are nothing. And when he died, I had to stop believing that. I had to stop believing his lies. I had to stop being controlled by him. I had to become Dawn. Who is Dawn? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Turns out, (laughs) that's hard work. That is many, many hours of therapy. That is many, many hours of picking apart. Here's what he did to me. Why? Okay, how can I get by this? How can I, how can my mind accept that I am worth healing? How can I function as a quote-unquote normal? I would never want to be normal. But (laughs) how can I function normally in society when I have gone through all of this crap and I don't even know who I am. And that took a lot of work and a lot of time. And my first therapist, God bless her, I sat down in her office the first time and here's what I said to her. The first word, she said, congratulations on being here. And I looked at her and I said, what makes you think you can tell me anything about anything about what I've been through? And she said, I don't think I could tell you anything. And that was the best answer for me. (laughs) She said, we're just going to talk about this and see if we can't get you through it. And and she did. And during that first five years, I probably had three different therapists. And then just looking at that and working on, I am not worthless. I was not made just for him. And that is all, um, by the way, self-talk. And that's a tool. That's a huge, huge tool. If you are listening to what the lies that your your, um, abuser told you, you know what, you're good for only one thing and this is it. 
That's a lie. That's a lie. You are a beautiful human being, and who you are is amazing. You are a survivor. That in itself is amazing. And here you are listening to this negative talk, and it's a lie. So you need to stop it. Every time it comes up, every single time, you think, I'm worthless. I, I, if I were gone, people would not even miss me. That's a lie. That's a lie. You need to stop it immediately and say, okay, I have my positive affirmation. Here it is. I am a good person. I can get through this. I am a survivor. And I am a badass respiratory therapist who can kick butt, you know. Um, And when you finally can self-talk your way through, I am not worthless. That is huge. Because you're not. You're not worthless. Where was I going with this, Matt? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm I'm inspired just just listening to you talk right now. Like, I was kind of enthralled here while you were talking. I'm like, I, I was lost in what you were saying. And... I think what, you know, just to kind of, um, you know, share a little bit more this, what you shared, I think validated so many people who are listening right now, like instantly, because, you know, when you mentioned about how, when, when your dad passed away and you felt this feeling of kind of being lost and well, now what do I do? Like, can I get a drink? Can I go anywhere? Can I do anything? And then slowly finding yourself and finding out who you are and what you're capable of in the time it took that was just right for you. Uh, you know, there are so many people who are in a situation where maybe they're living with their abuser now, or their abuser's still alive, or they're still under the control either in reality or just in their own past memories. And, you know, what you shared, I think is so encouraging because it lets everybody know who's in a situation right now, you know, that there is hope and, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Like you said, it, it takes, it can take a long time and everybody's situation is different. There's no right way or wrong way to heal. It's all at our own pace and in our own time. But, what you shared, I think, just encouraged so many people that you were able to pull yourself out and take the steps necessary to work with a therapist and do all the right things and let this healing journey take you to a place where you are now in a job that's successful and that you know you have a good life and you're happy with where you are and where you're headed. And I think maybe just um, kind of share yet um, as we wrap this up, just some words of encouragement um, for those out there who are maybe struggling and wondering you know, can I do what Dawn just did? Can I do what other survivors do? Is there, is there any hope for me in my situation to ever have something that Dawn has right now? So maybe we can encourage some more people to understand that there's always hope no matter what's going on in their life. Okay, first of all, thank you. And secondly, to those of you whose abusers are still alive, I am in awe of you because I would not, if my, if my abuser was still alive, I am quite sure I would not be where I'm at today. So the fact that you are able to start healing while they're still alive is incredible to me. You are courageous, strong, remarkable human beings. Uh, my own best friend actually ran away from home when she, well, I say ran away. She was 18. She left home and never went back. She left, as a, I believe a senior in high school, she left with nothing and lived in a friend's basement for a while. And that's incredible to me. I mean, with the control that my father had over me, for people to start healing while your abuser is alive, I just want to tell you guys, I have nothing 
but amazing respect for that and kudos to you because that is remarkable courage, remarkable strength. And I am so honored uh, to even be able to uh, talk about that because I, I don't know that I could do that. It's, to me, that's amazing courage. So if you are, uh, so if your boobs are still alive, kudos to you for reaching out for help to heal. Now, if you're still living with your abuser, uh, that would be something that is a personal thing. I cannot say you get out of that situation because I don't know your situation. I cannot judge that like that. You would have to uh, be in a safe place because, uh, let's face it, our abusers are dangerous people. They're dangerous. Um, and they're, some of them are sociopathic, and you don't know what would happen if you were to confront them or, or suddenly get out of that situation where they hunt you down. So you need to get yourself to a safe place yourself before you can deal with, uh, I am still with my abuser type situation. That is something that uh, has to be dealt with on a personal basis. I cannot say, well, you just, yeah, let, let me go here too. <laughs> uh, when someone says to you, oh, well, you know, that happened a long time ago. You should be over it. There are several responses to that. My, my response to that, my first response to that is, oh my gosh, I was not aware that you have a psych degree. When did you get your psych degree? My second response to that is, do you even know what was done to me? And third, so you are aware of the elasticity of the brain and how it functions and how it shuts off during trauma? So you have this education is what you're trying to tell me. People who say to you, ah, you should be over that. That happened a long time ago. They are clueless. And we can be offended by that or we can just smile and nod and say, you know what, you're obviously clueless as to how the body deals with trauma. So um, I'm not exactly sure why I went there, but that was a good place to go because, no, you don't have to get over it. And no... Just because they happened a long time ago doesn't mean you should be over it. And everyone heals in their own way, in their own time, and that's an individual thing. And no one can tell you when you should be healed. No one can tell you, oh, okay, we're done. This is good. You're good. You're healed. And anyone that tries to do that, if your therapist says, okay, we've dealt with this for a year now, you're good, you're... Yes, it's good to leave that therapist because no one but you knows when you're healed and no one but you can work through this. No one but you can look at your own abuse and know when it's time to deal with things, when it is time to move on to a different therapist or or move on uh, out of of the way of your abuser. Yeah, so those of you whose abusers are still alive, you have my deepest respect. And I hope you're in a safe place and that they are no longer able to abuse you. And uh, for those of you who are not in a safe place, again, my heart heart hurts for you and I wish you much, much protection. And if there's someone that you can reach out to, please do so. Thank you so much, Dawn. It's been just, just an incredible experience listening to you talk and share and validate so many people. And 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, that you went there in that last segment because, uh, you know, there are so many people who are still living with the abusers and they are feeling hopeless and helpless so often. And, you know, they wake up every day in a, in a, in a similar situation to what you used to wake up into, or I used to wake up into, or others who are survivors. And there are resources out there, obviously online, you know, places like one in six.org. And, um, you know, if you're in the UK, the Samaritans or, you know, places like this or rain.org, places where you can go online for support and help. Um, but I think the one thing that I would, that I would like to leave ever, everybody with before we wrap this one up is, you know, no matter what your situation is, whether you're with your abuser or not, whether they're alive or no longer alive, no matter what you're doing, I mean, just my God, don't ever give up. Like you just, you cannot give up your life has purpose. It has meaning. Even if you can't see it right now, I used to think mine never did. I'm sure maybe you felt that way because of the way that you're, you know, you know, that your um, abuser uh, groomed you. So many people feel this way, but your life does have meaning. It does have hope. It does have purpose. And you're here for a reason. And, you know, just really honestly, truly never give up, do what you got to do to wake up every morning and understand and embrace the fact that your life has meaning. And I think that's a great way to just let everybody know how important they are and how important their lives um, really are on this planet. You know, nobody's an accident. Nobody's a mistake. Everybody's here for a purpose. And your sharing here today has validated so many people. And so I thank you um, as a sister on this survivor journey and as a friend and as a fellow blogger, um, everybody be sure and check out Dawn. You can find her stuff on my blog, survivingmypast.net. You can just go to the search bar up at the top. And just type in song warriors and you'll see all of the posts here. I, I encourage you to read them, share them. They are incredibly validating. They're incredibly raw and meaningful and heartfelt. So Dawn, it's been incredible. Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media. If you'd like to share any of that information. Oh, absolutely. Um, first of all, Matt, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor. And can I just underscore one more thing, what you just said? Absolutely. You are worth, you are worth it, people. You are worth being here. You are amazing people. If you feel uh, that you know it, that there's nothing worth living for, there is. And wait, just hold on one more minute. Just one more minute. Just hold on one more minute. You will get through it because life can be beautiful for you. Yeah, for you. And I just wanted to underscore that, Matt. Uh, social media. You can find me on Facebook at Don Hendrickson. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Song Warriors. Yeah, so um, so honored. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Thanks again for listening to Surviving My Podcast, sponsored by SurvivingMyPast.net, a blog about my life with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD, and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. This podcast or any resources sponsored by survivingmypast.net should not be considered as therapy or professional medical help. If you are in crisis, I encourage you to seek out the services of a mental health or physical health professional. I also encourage you to check out online crisis support from sites like rain.org, oneand6.org, and the Samaritans. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, just contact me anytime through email, matt at survivingmypast.net, or use the contact forms on the blog. Thank you again for your support and encouragement, and always know that you rock. Talk to you soon.